1: Hey guys, welcome to the Tapping Go. My name is Matt.
0: My name is Freddie. Each week, we bring you your rugby fix with interviews with past and present rugby professionals. And we get their views on the latest sporting issues. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Tapping Go podcast. Today, we're joined by current Harlequins winger and former GB gymnast Heather Cow. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? No worries. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm all good.
2: Thank you. All good. Keep well.
0: Perfect. So obviously rugby is your main like sport now, but to begin with, you're a gymnast. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, obviously. So I started uh, doing gymnastics when I was about six, seven, and that was my sport growing up, really. I did do rugby um, as a mini, uh, uh, but when the, like, you get to that age where you have to split boys and girls, um, so I sort of knocked that on the head and just continued gymnastics. So uh, I did that all the way up till... I was about 20. Um, I competed internationally from the age of 11. I think my first competition away was in Canada um, at the age of 11 and then continued to, to do that, um, which was really fun. Uh, super cool experiences. Got to travel travel around the world as a kid, missing loads of school, which was always good. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I reached, reached a good level. I was a junior world champion. Um, yeah, it was really, really good.
0: So, was competitive sports something that you always sort of looked to go into? Obviously, from a young age, you did gymnastics. So, there's like a family history there. Obviously, I think your brother plays rugby as well. He's at Doncaster Knights. So, that's something you're always looking towards.
2: Yeah, uh, from sort of a really early age, we've always been a really competitive um, family. I think, especially being a twin, we competed against, like in absolutely everything that we could. Um, and we just grew up in that environment where I always wanted to be better than my brother. He always wanted to be better than me. We also have an older brother who's joined the competition as well. So, um, yeah, I, I've, I love being competitive. I think anybody who knows me will, will say I'm, I'm pretty competitive about all elements uh, in life, not just sport. But, um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. It gives you a good drive, gives you a good purpose. So, yeah, I'm all, I'm all for being competitive.
0: And also, you mentioned that you you won gold at World Champs. Was that sort of the like, aim? Was that you sort of thought you'd got as far as you could go? And was that potentially maybe one of the reasons that you sort of went away from gymnastics and towards rugby?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to get a gold at World Championships. It was really, really awesome. Um, and then I sort of, I reached a senior level. I was competing internationally in a senior level, but um, I, I felt like I'd reached sort of my peak in that sport. You couldn't go to the Olympics with what I was doing. You have to do sort of all, all the all the elements of gymnastics, go to the Olympics. Um, and I only did one. I just did tumbling. So I couldn't go to the Olympics. That was the highest level that I could reach. Uh, so I just decided a new challenge. One of my uni friends um, played rugby and um, she just invited me down and said, come and give it a go. It's a good laugh sort of thing. And I just, yeah, sort of started, go- started going to rugby a bit more, uh, going to gymnastics less. And yeah, gymnastics was a massive commitment. You know, you sort of train five days a week. Um, I'm missing lots of sort of schooling, university to travel around and go to competitions and stuff. So it was a massive commitment. And I think I sort of knew that I, I wanted a new challenge and something new to get my teeth into. And rugby just sort of knocked on my door at the right time. So, yeah, slow transition into it.
0: Obviously being a world champion demonstrates that you you've had, you you had you've were very talented in gymnastics. Was there ever a thought to maybe change events that maybe the Olympics could be a possibility?
2: Yeah. Uh, my gym, Unfortunately, like certain gymnastics clubs do certain disciplines of gymnastics and unfortunately my gym just didn't do the Olympic disciplines. They just, they did sort of the non-Olympic ones. Um, and so I, I didn't really ever consider changing purely because I would have had to move gyms and move coaches and in gymnastics, your coaches are pretty personal to you and moving gyms is quite a big, big step. So, um, I sort of, I took it as it came, I, I really enjoyed like my journey with it, um, and, and even if I did compete in a discipline, in an Olympic discipline, I guess there's nothing to say, you know, I definitely would have gone to the Olympics, it's still really challenging and, and really competitive as well, so um, yeah, it wasn't something I've, I ever thought I'd do.
0: And then obviously you said that it was a friend of yours who took you down to university rugby and that's sort of where it all properly started for you, um, what was take made you think that it was like yeah. rugby, rugby was something you were willing to pursue?
2: Uh, I just really enjoyed it. Um, I obviously had played as a kid. Uh, I'm from Twickenham. I literally have been brought up born and bred rugby, really. So I know the rules. I've, I've thrown a ball about before. Um, and I just really enjoyed the dynamic when I got down there. It was very much recreational rugby. It wasn't anything serious, nothing like Quinn's sort of thing now. But um, yeah, it was just a really fun group of people. Um, I you know love being competitive. Um, and loved playing sport again. I guess I'd never had that team as- aspect either. Gymnastics, obviously, is a very individual sport. And so going into a team environment was something that I really enjoyed. and um, was very new to me. But, yeah, it re- made my experience at university much better. And then, yeah, when I left, um, left university, I just got approached by one of the Queens coaches. And, yeah, so I ended up coming down, just trying it out and seeing how it went and just went from there, really. And obviously then it became a bit more serious because it was no longer sort of a university social theme. It was very much playing with internationals and a bit more serious.
0: So uh, Please do correct me if I'm wrong, but I think pre- so you went traveling after university and I think you actually done about half season Harlequins and as Rumin said that you'd had enough with serious sports. So was there a, is that right? And if so, what, what, cha- what changed?
2: Yeah, I think I just wanted a, like a break from, yeah, I guess serious sport. I had, not long, obviously, quit gymnastics. I'd only been playing at uni for, you know, half a year, a year. Um, and I always wanted to go travelling. And I think gymnastics was something that stopped me from doing so because obviously you can't just stop for six months and pick it up again. Um, I, was, I felt I was at a right, the right time in my life to sort of go and have a break and, and explore the world a little bit. Um, it made sense after university because obviously I wanted to then start my, my career um so it was it was a good time but yeah I needed it needed a break uh, f- fresh sort of fresh head and came back ready to ready to go again and yeah pick pick things up where I left but um yeah I, I enjoyed the break and I think sport is amazing but it can be intense so I think it's good to sort of take a step back once in a while and and you know refresh yourself and yeah allow me to go again I, ca- I came back with more of an appetite to be competitive and and to sort of apply myself to the sport
0: it almost actually like a reset button for you
2: yeah I think so definitely um yeah and obviously being away you sort of see different things you play, I always play in Fiji and New Zealand and stuff around people playing rugby but it's all just social side of stuff but just different aspects isn't it which was really cool to experience
0: then you mentioned so obviously you grew up around Twickenham so you, it's very much a rugby environment and obviously Harlequins Twickenham it's all sort of one one big thing was it always gonna be Harlequins like was that if you got a choice of a team was that them was it always gonna be them
2: yeah, I think so. Um, I don't think I ever put too much thought into what club I'd play for. To be honest, I just, as I say, the coach sort of knew my university coach and we and we um, I ended up going down there. But yeah, I mean, I've always been a Quinn's fan. Um, I've been going to Quinn's since I was a kid. You know, we used to watch the games and run around on the pitch afterwards like as, as sort of kids. Um, So, yeah, it it, it would always have been my choice to go to Quinn's. I think I was just really lucky that that opportunity um, kind of came up for me because obviously there are other clubs around. But, yeah, for me, definitely Quinn's. Um, It's always, always been my local team. So, yeah.
0: And obviously, shortly after, one of the biggest moments of Harlequin's women's rugby, at least, was the women's follow the men's in the big game 12. I I, I remember I was actually there. And sort of like, what were your emotions leading into that game and sort of how cool was it?
2: Yeah, it was an absolutely amazing experience. Um, even just to sort of go to Twickenham is a really cool experience. So to play there um, in, front, in front of so many people and such a big day is, was just really, really exciting. Um, you know, all my family came, they had a big box. Um, I had lots of friends there, obviously, being local. So it was just lovely to play, to have so much support. Um, and just it's just a showcase of where the women's game is going. Um, It just being considered to to play there um, is just phenomenal. I hope that, you know, obviously in the future we can play there again. But it's just, yeah, it was brilliant. Um, And also to play, we don't often get to play European fixtures either. We obviously only play against sort of UK teams. So it was, yeah, it was nice to play play Leinster and play a different branch of rugby. Do
0: you think this was a very significant moment in the rise of the women's game? Do you think that they're sort of being put, almost put on the same pedestal as the men at least?
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think we've got a long way to go. Um, we're definitely not on the same sort of level as the men's game yet. But, you know, that's for various different reasons. And the, the men's game was where the women's game is now many, many years ago. So we're, we're going in the same sort of direction as they are and following the same footsteps. Um, it will be a slow progress, you know, to get people to buy into the women's game. But you but we've seen the development um over the past few years and you know getting invited to play at the big game is just was just such a phenomenal experience for all the girls and it was brilliant to see um so many new people watching the game lots of lots of people staying behind to to support us um and I think hopefully over the like it, over the years to come um, more and more people will stick around to watch the game and and get involved in the women's game because the numbers are definitely growing, which is just so awesome to see.
1: And do you think sort of growing the women's game is it sort of something that sort of requires like gradual, um, like everything sort of gradually getting better, or is there one sort one aspect of the game as a whole, whether it be on the pitch or off the pitch, that you think could would significantly make the game more attractive?
2: I think it's it's definitely going to be gradual, purely because we, as women, people will play better rugby the more time they have to put into rugby. So we see, you know, like lots of the girls are now professional. So the England team now professional. So you'll see them reach higher levels and be better, be fitter, be stronger because they have all their time to dedicate to rugby as sort of the whole of the men's, men's premiership do. So the more and more sort of money and facilities and time that become available for, for women to, you know, dedicate their lives and time to sport, that's only going to increase the sort of calibre of the teams and people playing. So... I think the more and more that's invested into the game, the, the better the like standard of rugby is going to be, you know. And that that obviously won't happen overnight. Um, but, you know, the girls are girls are full-time now um, and there's more and more full-time athletes coming into the game. So that's only going to grow the game. And once the standard gets better and skills get better, etc., it becomes more of an attractive game to watch. And then that will grow the crowd, you know, I think it isn't yeah so it's never going to happen overnight but it's, there's so many things that are happening which are positive um which is pushing the game in the right direction
0: yeah so obviously more focusing on harlequins this season so you guys are top of the table pretty sure you're unbeaten um so it's, everything's been going right for you is there anything in particular which you think just is the reason that you're doing so well and out ahead of everyone else
2: yeah we've we've obviously had a good season um we've really gelled uh together as a squad i think which has been really really lovely um I think in these weird, difficult times as well, it makes you appreciate sport and your teammates and all that sort of environment where we haven't had that opportunity to sort of do, do much else. Is The thing is always like a breath of fresh air, everyone going to training. So we, I think we've just really appreciated it as well. We've got a new coach in who's um, who's been really, really instrumental into our success. He's uh, changed a lot of our game plans and our structures. Um, and is he's sort of, bringing in a fresh view from the men's game. So, again, like we talk about the growth of women's, we've, we've hired a new head coach who's always worked in men's sport, who's now coming in to bring his expertise into the women's game. And so he's growing us as a team and as individuals. So, um, yeah, we've got a really good pitch on the pitch. Um, um, we all ultimately want the same goal. Everyone's, like, really hardworking. Um, we've got good team competition as well, you know, there's lots of good players down at Quinn's, so we have the ability to rotate our squad, and everyone gets minutes in, which is which is really cool. Um, and ultimately, competition amongst the squad just just drives that standard one step further as well, which is which is always nice to see.
0: As you know, as he's a men's coach, he's coached the men's game. Do you think he personally has had a has to adapt? Or do you think there's some of the aspects from the men's game he's been able to bring to the women's game, given how much the standard's improving?
2: Yeah, um, definitely. I think he's he's probably had a lot of learning to do. Um, in the sense that he's probably had to implement things slightly differently. And, you know, some things that work for the men's game don't work for the women's game and vice versa. Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, he's absolutely done, done really well in bringing, out, bringing his sort of knowledge and, and expertise into, into our game because we've changed a lot of our game based on his knowledge. And so far, so good. So, yeah, no complaints.
1: Mm. All righty, guys, it's that time again. Time to pay for the pints.
0: Today's podcast has been brought to you by our mates over at Team Blazers. Big shout out to them. The great British Blazers company kidding you out for every match day social. Check them out now. So Obviously, you and I'm sure a few of the other girls in the squad, you're balancing a job on the side of being, playing rugby. And are there any times you found that bit overwhelming that you're struggling to try and keep up the workload of rugby and elsewhere?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, it can get really overwhelming at times, for sure. Um, so I'm studying to do my chartered accountancy exams which is a really long process it takes like three years 15 exams and that's all sort of done I do get to like study sport and stuff from my employers but a lot of that study time is in my own time as well so trying to juggle sort of training extra training weights um and studying and then also now we're watching a lot more rugby so you know there's there's a lot more analysis to be done lots more videos to watch um so yeah, it, it can get overwhelming for sure. But uh, it, I've got a great support network around me. Quinn's are really understanding in the sense that you know there's no expectations of um, if you've got a job, you don't need to be a trainee in the day, obviously, because you're working full time. So um, there's a good understanding of that. And the full time girls are really supportive of sort of making sure that we keep up to date with anything that's new, because um, they they're obviously there a lot more. But I enjoy having a career outside of outside of sort of sport. I think it's really good to be able to focus on something else as well. Um, and ultimately, unfortunately, rugby isn't in, in a position where it can support us to sort of you know buy houses and grow families and stuff like that. So we, we have to become self sufficient and and get a career. At the end of the day, we're still not we're still not in that position where we can where we're, where everybody can fund themselves through playing sport. Unfortunately. Obviously, that's that's the end goal. I think that would be an amazing opportunity, and um, I know loads of the girls would love love that as an opportunity. But yeah, we're just not there yet.
0: Yes, yeah, so this is my next question. So, obviously, I think the women's game in England—it's the top twenty-eight players. I think handed pro contracts. Is that something that you're looking towards, or is your accountancy something you're passionate about? Would like to keep?
2: I'd, I'd love to have the opportunity to play rugby full time. Um, that would be, of course, it would be amazing. Um, I can to see something that can wait for sure you know um, you can do that at any age um, and so yeah if that opportunity presented itself to me of course I'd you know absolutely take it but um, yeah just not in a position where that's that's sort of been presented to me so just got to take what take what I can and um, yeah I, I enjoy playing at Quinn's I still still love playing there and um, it, I actually enjoy playing with all the full, like all the full-time girls as well. They've got through them having the ability to play full-time. You know, they've they've got so much knowledge and and things that they can share with us. So it, it's great to play alongside those players, even though I'm not one of those players. Um, it's great to play with them, and they're, they're super helpful. But yeah, as I say, I, li- I like having my career on the side. My employers are really really supportive in like rugby. So if I need time off for anything. Um, then yeah, they're they're really helpful with that. So it, it's a good balance, but it can get yeah, it can get a bit intense in time. But I do enjoy it. So.
0: And obviously, I think you've been in and around the English squad. You're us be officially called up, but you've been around the training squad. Is that something that you think is a possibility in in the next couple of years to try and break into there?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I I try not to focus myself. On too much of that, I like to just focus on my own game, but yeah, of course, I'd love to be, love to get uh, you know into the England side. Um, that's that is my ultimate goal, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, the competition is is intense, and um, yeah, just got to do what I do, you know, score tries, make breaks, and yeah, hopefully, hopefully, the opportunity will present itself <laughs> in years to come, but yeah, just never know, do you, Did
0: you talk about focusing on your own game? That any areas in particular that you're working on which you think might just take you to that next level?
2: Yeah. Um. I've been, in particular this year. I think I've been working on like making, like coming off my wing and making making breaks. You know, um. I I sort of pride myself on backing myself around the outside, but I think work rate for a winger is so so important. So I've yeah been working on lots on my fitness and coming off my wing and, and making myself available to exploit opportunities, not just on my wing, but in and around the pitch because I think that's, um, yeah, that's an area, an area that maybe I wasn't so good at. So that's something I've tried to work on this season, which, yeah, it's been, it's been good.
0: Have there been any aspects of your gymnastics crew which you've sort of been able to take into your rugby, which you think have helped with your game?
2: Yeah, I think sort of my, my like agility and power, I think is definitely something that I have from gymnastics. Um, just, I'm I'm naturally just really powerful through sort of all the training that I've done as a kid um tumbling is a power sport it's called power tumbling so it's all about being explosive and fast and so yeah I think I just add a little bit of aggression into it with rugby and um it's yeah it allows me to sort of carry the ball well and, and make good ground in most carries and stuff like that um and then also just flinging yourself around I just feel like I know my limbs I know where my limbs are probably more so than most but um yeah no, super lucky to, to have that that you know grounding of of muscle strength and things like that that gymnastics teaches you.
1: Uh, are there some things that you've been able to bring to the team that like so sort of you could teach your teammates because of your background in gymnastics?
2: Not too much really I think everyone's because obviously in rugby you've got so many different positions and stuff we do have a muck about we do headstands and things like that in training and you know muck around like that. they're always winding me up to do backflips and stuff but I think only a few people have seen that but <laughs> uh, no well, we have quite a sort of structured training program so I don't really get too involved in other people's other people's training
1: yeah, of course. And so I'm sort of interested, so obviously you had the 2017 with the Junior World Championships and you've played in big games, like we said previously, at Twickenham and so on. How how does the, so the the difference in pressure change? Because obviously one being an individual sport and one being a team sport, do you notice a sort of like a different, almost like style of pressure or how you deal with the pressure is different? Yeah,
2: I think um, gymnastics sort of, because it was me, um, and also in gymnastics, you can't, there's no room for error. So in rugby, you have 80 minutes. So if you drop the ball, if you get knocked into touch, if you miss a tackle, not ideal in any situations, but there's you know 79 other minutes that you can sort of make up for that. Whereas gymnastics is very much if it goes wrong, the whole thing goes wrong and you've been and also you, you compete a lot less. So you will work seconds if that. And so I think I used to feel the pressure a lot more in gymnastics purely because it was, yeah, it had to go right on the day at the time. Otherwise that was it, you know, so all your hard work had <laughs> it was for nothing. Essentially. Um, but I think, I think because I competed from you sort of learn how to deal with pressure, how your mind copes with things, um, mental rehearsal is massive in gymnastics. So just, you know, nights before competitions, lying in bed, sort of thinking how how, how do I do this and, and going over things in your head um, was really, really big for me. And I do use elements of those in rugby for sure. Um, but I think because it's because it's a team sport and because you have that 80 minutes, um, the pressure is it's different pressure, I think it lasts it lasts longer. And obviously you feel more pressure in the game because you have time to think. Gymnastics, you don't have any time to think. It's just, it just go, you know, whereas I think, yeah, you, you, you've got the pressure spread over 80 minutes, but you have your teammates around you to support you. So, you know, you might not be having a great day, but your teammates are there to pick you up. And that's not, that's not something you necessarily had in gymnastics. It was all on you. So if you weren't having a good day, then, you know, nothing good was coming from that day. So um, I, yeah, I love playing in a team because, you know that very element you can bring your teammates up when they're not feeling great and they can bring you up when you're not feeling great so yeah it's just very very different I think
0: mm. have you ever thought about potentially a gymnastic celebration for, for a try
2: <laughs> I mean yeah they've had, they ask me all the time to do that I just think the SNC and physio would absolutely murder me if I if I <laughs> if I did anything stupid but yeah, maybe one day. Obviously, we'll it has to
0: be a big game, but <laughs> yeah. Score in front of a packed house at Twickenham, we expect to see something.
2: Yeah, exactly. If we get a packed house at Twickenham,
0: I'll do it. No worries. <laughs> Heard it first. Um, is there so obviously? You said you love all the girls at Harlequins, but are there any other girls that you would love chance to play with, or is there a particular guy that you think, or oh, the game was mixed, he would be an unbelievable person to play alongside? Oh
2: yeah, I mean there's. There's so many, so many amazing, you know, rugby players. Um, I think, you know, as a winger, of course, i have gonna look up to people like Johnny May and stuff like that. Of course, they're, you know, amazing. But I think, for, like for me, I, I just, my teammates are just so awesome. There's, they have such a calibre of, of experience around them. You know, we've got, you know, Jess Breach plays from other wing. Got people like Rachel Burton in my squad who just has so much experience um, that. I'm very content with my with my teammates, so I don't, <laughs> don't want to wish them away. But um, yeah, I think I'd love to sort of go and play out in New Zealand as well. They've got bundles of experience over there, and the sort their game is just such a high standard over there as well. So, no, I don't think anyone in particular, but just as a culture as well, I think I'd quite like to to head over there and play with with some of those. But.
1: And one thing we ask all our guests is sort of their favourite moment in their careers. And I guess most of our guests have only had a single career in a single sport. But I guess you having two, we'd obviously be open for either career. But what's been sort of your highlight so far?
2: Oh, okay. Um, Got many, many highlights. Um, But I think I don't know. I think you know, from from a, a sort of medal perspective, I think yeah, winning, winning world championships, but. I think for me, my highlights are probably the ones that people don't see. So, you know, like you overcome an injury or something and you get back to fitness. And I think it's those sort of times and those really, really challenging times that you, you know, it could be something really small. Like, you know, you did the first press up when you hurt your shoulder or something. But I think all those are sort of individual battles and challenges for me and overcoming those um, is is probably my like highlight in the sense that, it it hopefully highlights you know the determination and grit and everything that that supports all of those sort of wins and, and medals that you that you achieve but yeah I think an ultimate highlight would be yeah winning winning um winning gold of the world championships and, and sat, or standing on a podium and hearing the national anthem is just amazing so and that, that's obviously rugby we don't do that but in gymnastics that's that's how it goes so yeah it's that was pretty cool
0: and looking to the future, I guess, two more aims with them probably to get some more medals with Percy Harlequins and who knows, hearing the national anthem with the England women as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'd i love to win a Prem with Gwynn, so I'm hoping this year's the year. Um, so, yeah, fingers crossed it's a good year to come.
0: Well, We wish you best of luck. Heather, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really interesting for us and you're our first solo female guest and hopefully first of many. So thank you so much.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's been been awesome. Cheers, guys.
0: Cheers, and thanks everyone else for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. Oh, come on!
1: Come on! Go! Sports, social, podcast network.